Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bose. I'm with Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, Trish, but there could be a problem. More, I, it, We'll see. Um, okay. There is a crisis, Trish, in uh, Apple, Google, you know, the whole smartphone world. I don't know if you heard about this. Just I did this not. Morning. Very late-breaking news. Okay. Yes. From this point forward, Trish, you are only allowed to use three apps on your smartphone. Just three. <laughs> Which three are you keeping? Okay. Is it fair for me to look at my phone as I'm, as I'm answering the question? Okay. I'm embarrassed to say. I'm embarrassed to say. <sighs> Number one is, is TikTok. Yeah, you should be embarrassed. Keep I'm going. addicted. I'm addicted. It, no, it's being, it's like Twitter in the old days. It's like people are using it for, for really creative, like adults are using it very creatively and now starting to use it for business and crime solving and all sorts of things. So yeah, I am completely, I'm not a content creator on TikTok, okay. but well, man, I guess I that's, there's, there's some, uh, Ooh, so I am, yeah, I love TikTok. Um, it's embarrassing how many times a bit, like if I, I, I almost don't use Facebook or anything else anymore. Okay. Well, that, um, that's no, no shame in that. Go ahead. I know there's a little bit. Okay. My second favorite app right now is Waze. Do you use oh, Waze? For driving directions. Yes. So okay. I've been a, you know, Google maps girl forever mm -hmm. and recently tried Waze because someone recommended it. And I love that you can find out where the police are. Number one, not that I'm speeding, but just in case, right? I love okay. that. And Pro tip here, you can change the voice of your Waze person and there is the boy band option. So it really kind of sounds like one of the Beatles maybe who sings your directions or whatever to okay. you. Okay, all right. I love that. All right, you got one more. Oh my goodness. Oh Waze my goodness. feels slightly more relevant than TikTok, so I feel a little bit better about your choices. <laughs> Uh, a Periscope. I'm on Periscope all okay. the time. Obviously, we well, use we Periscope work constantly for right. for our um, okay. each our happy hour work break. So Periscope right. is my third. So then, then the challenge is with this whole exercise. Obviously, I made up this scenario, but that's you the did. challenge: is to really think about how much time you're spending on your phone and all the stuff oh. you're doing and all the distractions no. and kind of how how addicted you are to it. So that's the purpose of that exercise. I think it's worth. What's yours? Part. What are your? Oh, uh, mine's super simple. Say. Yeah, it's easy, and I can go through them really quick. Feedly is my first one, which mm. is my feed reader, my old Google Reader substitute, where all the stuff I subscribe to comes in. There's the score, which is how I get all the sports scores for all the right. leagues all over the world. It's an awesome app. It also has news and it has a few other features too. But any league in the world of any import, the scores okay. are there. And then Chrome, simple, just my browser. Oh. Got to keep that. That's it. Those are my three. This may sound silly too, but if I could sneak a fourth in there, I'd say YouTube, but I almost use that like as a replacement for Chrome Yeah. or Bing or whatever. Safari, you know, Chrome's a little I, bit of a I, cheat. I, I look up admit. everything yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. I don't think I could, honestly, now that I'm saying it, I don't think I could, I'd put that above Periscope. I could not live without YouTube telling me how to do every user. single home repair or cooking things or you name it. Mm -hmm. YouTube has everything. It's amazing. All right. Well, good stuff. Good, good, good kind of thought conversation. Maybe. Yeah. You'll have to ask our guests. On the work break. I love that uh, question. So let's get on with the show. We have a good show today. We're going to talk about innovations in HR and kind of helping your company continue the momentum you had prior to the pandemic and through this this sort of trouble time and sort of coming out on the other side. Our guest today is Melissa Harper. She's a senior vice president of HR innovations at Bayer. 
In the, her leadership role, Melissa is responsible for delivering a holistic approach to the talent experience at Bear. She leads a cross-functional, forward-looking, and data-driven team of HR professionals with deep expertise in core areas of HR who partner across Bayer's centers of excellence to develop and transform global talent strategies that drive a high-performance culture of innovation and inclusion. Melissa, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you? I'm great. Glad to be here, Steve and Trish. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank so. You. We also learned in the pre-show, Melissa, you and Trisha are reasonable neighbors, maybe about an hour or so apart, maybe less. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I feel like we are neighbors. Anything within the St. Louis area, I mean, that's that's close. That's right. <laughs> when it's safe, we're going to have to meet in person. There you go. <laughs> we will. Hey, I'm excited to do that. I feel like I'm starting to make my little list of you know locals <laughs> that I want to meet. Maybe I'll just have a, a tweet up and get everybody together. That's right. Yeah, it was, it was good. I've been, um, I was speaking with, there's uh, a woman who's head of communications for um, Equifax um, mm-hmm. HCM here in St. Louis too. So maybe yeah. we'll, we'll do a bigger, a bigger little get together. That's right. Well, Melissa, welcome to the show. I would love for you, if you, if you don't mind, to maybe give our audience just a quick overview of Bear. Uh, we all know the name, but I don't think maybe, unless you're following some of the industries Bear is in a little bit more closely, that uh, you're fully conscious of the size and scope of, of this global company. Yeah, thanks for allowing me to start with that. So Bear is a life science company over 150 years doing business across three um, key business groups that includes pharmaceuticals, consumer health, but also crop science. And so uh, we have over 100,000 employees across 100 companies, uh, I'm sorry, countries, and we're headquartered in Germany. So uh, we are excited about the innovation that we are driving to society um, across those three businesses. Great. You know, Melissa, I have to tell you, I was, I mean, obviously, as Steve mentioned, a lot of people are familiar with Bayer. I mean, that's a, just a trusted name through all of our lives. Um, and probably a lot of that comes from that consumer health and maybe some of the pharmaceuticals. But I was surprised at how many, when I look through, and, and please, I challenge anyone to, to go to the Bayer website after they hear this and just see the, how many products we all use, even with the the crops uh, and things like that, right? So different yep. um, different products that are absolutely consumer facing as well. So it's amazing that you have that many products. Are yep. people surprised by that? I think people are. You know, so when we think about everything in agriculture portfolio, from uh, pesticides that um, we we purchase as consumers, or in our consumer health business, Alka Seltzer things that. Um, one, one, one a day, uh, vitamins, things that, you know, we kind of just can go and purchase over the counter mm-hmm. to um, more prescription medicines for heart health and um, cancer. And, you know, so our vision is really a bold one. And that's about health for all and hunger for none. And across these three businesses, we're striving every day to meet that vision. Oh, I love that vision that, you know what, and now that I think about all the products that are out there, even for women's reproductive health, for example, or just some of the other things that, you know, uh, Miralax was one. I'm thinking like, I, I would probably go through my house and have at least 10 products that yeah. come from Bear. So um, I love that that vision, it really, I think just from 
when I think about the products that I'm familiar with, I think they absolutely are living up to that vision. So I'm excited to have you on the show to really talk about how what you're doing from a talent perspective really helps sort of fuel that that vision that you all are certainly delivering on. So, yeah. so Great. excited for you to be here today. Great. Thank you, Trish and Steve. Right, Melissa, maybe we could start, start with this. Say, um, we wanted to talk about kind of innovation and continuing momentum throughout some really, really tough times. Um, maybe you can share with us some of the ways that, and first of all, your title is really cool. I don't think we've ever had an uh, HR innovations vice president uh, on the show before, which is awesome. But um, maybe tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing at Bear to try to to keep that momentum and stay connected to that vision and support your people through, through what's been a really, really tough six months plus. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, um, for inviting that topic. You know, I think what this has given rise to is a need to accelerate a lot of things that companies and certainly we at Bear were already looking to do when we think about advancing leadership, uh, driving digital transformation, um, supporting a more flexible workforce. So the, these pandemics have just really given rise to that. And I think that, you know, uh, people are more increasingly looking for employers to really be that bedrock of truth in ways um, certainly much more than ever before. And I, I think about this expression that I once heard, it's like everything that happens in our communities finds its way to the workplace and even now virtual workplaces. So one of the things specifically <clears throat> over the past weeks, I've had the opportunity to sponsor uh, an international sprint team, listening to employees to reveal our ambitions for the next normal. And so we're calling this group next normal and we're really looking to bring some of the positive things that we've learned and experienced um, in this past pandemic and bring those forward um, with greater intentionality. So everything from decision making has happened in a more distributed or local way. Um, you know, how do we need to listen and, and really focus on personalization and differing needs that our employers have, uh, our employees have. Uh, in fact, last month, our board of management released a letter to employees sharing that one thing is very clear here. We will not return to our old ways of working after the corona pandemic. And so I think that's a, a great bold statement. Um, leaders will continue to support their teams and steer their organizations through the pandemic, while certainly also engaging employees to shape our next normal. So we're working on um, things such as that. We're developing a culture of flexibility, which really is, is about everyone, while we uh, understand that we're re-entering this hybrid model of working, not a one-size-fits-all. Uh, but that will require instilling trust, you know, in day-to-day -day interactions, whether those are virtual or in person, certainly creating intentional workspaces are part of our ambitions for a better future of work. So those are just some of the things mm -hmm. that we're working on. Yeah, those are so important, Melissa. And I think it's why, you know, people listening to this podcast, for example, we're all sort of searching for answers to many of those similar questions. So hearing what your approach is, I think is, is really impactful to them. One thing that I wanna ask before we get too deep into sort of the, the what is happening is, you know, as Steve mentioned, you have a very unique um, 
job title and definition, I'm sure. <laughs> and when I think back to being a practitioner, one of the things I, you'll be familiar with, and I worked at St. Louis Children's Hospital and we didn't yep. have, we did not have a role like yours, but we did have an innovation team where several of the members of the human resources team, um, we were fortunate enough to be on that team. And so can you just talk a little bit, maybe for companies that aren't as advanced in terms of having dedicated resources in human resources or in the business toward specifically thinking about innovation in the workplace, can you talk just maybe a brief second about your team and what is, what is the makeup uh, overall, maybe some of just the skills or the type of type of attitude you need to, to bring forth if you're going to have um, a group, whether it's more formal, like, like in your role, or whether it's less formal, maybe like in the, the group I was part of, um, what kind of things are you looking for in a team member of someone who can be on an innovation team and really think about the workplace holistically like that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Thank you, Trish. You know, the, this was really born out of our business transformation. So as our company is transforming, meaning even in our reach to customers or different products, using digital advances in order to transform our business, we, we took a step back and I think a pretty bold step to say, let's also think about our, our HR model and really create a model that matches where our, our business needs are and, and really elevates driving business and all things people and culture. And so the makeup of uh, HR innovations includes, um, it, it really kind of turns that traditional COE or, or outdated COE model on its head. And we put together um, strategic leaders that include everything from culture and change to modern workforce. So if we think about contingent workforce, but really thinking about what are the skills from a starting point, and there will, will be a lot of different labels, not just contractors or full-time employees, but how do we think about skills and how do we access those skills? So modern workforce to well-being and total rewards, um, to inclusion and diversity, to emerging technologies, to communications. And so we've taken a more modern, uh, holistic approach to what a business needs to advance through the lens of people and culture, put those people together, and therefore are uh, an, a, an enabler to our HR business partners, the HR community broadly, to our workforce um, and business and customer. And I think to in the in these roles, I, there's a couple of things. One, it certainly has to be individuals that can um, connect and do the business of HR in a business-founded way, right? The business first and understanding what the business needs to drive forward, but also externally, um, people that can um, understand and look for what does the business not even know that it needs today. Um, and so you've got to really engage heavily externally in order to bring those outside views in. Oh, I agree. I tell you what, I, you're, what you're talking about is is probably, you know, enough to make me consider going back into HR. I think that's <laughs> right. I mean, I hate to say that. But it's like, I know that's I, a pretty I cool love, description of HR. One of the best ones we've heard in forever, I think. It is. And I don't want to downplay that or, or joke about it because I think that 
look, I am, I loved my, all my years in human resources. It's been almost 20 years doing it. Um, so I must've loved it. And I love the compliance aspects and I love all of the strategy around it. But what you're describing is really finally taking that step that so many of us dreamed about. It is making it, um, you know, really, truly more about the business yeah, and not about just doing what HR was supposed to be doing or told to be doing from years past. So I, I love that aspect. One other just quick um, question for you, and I know Steve has a bunch as well, but just as a follow-up to some of the things you were talking about, as you're, as you're looking at and approaching human resources in this new way, really, through your, your business transformation, are you finding that you already had human capital technologies in place that maybe could support that? Or did you find that you really had to embark on some sort of an HR uh, technology transformation as well? Yeah, I think what I, I would say that we've really focused, it would be more about accelerating digital transformation. So we were down a path for sure, whether we think about uh, access to people analytics, um, you know, we're working towards more accessible um, uh, dashboards that will tell the story. We're working on, you know, things that will make, um, bring simplicity, if you will, to that. But when I, if I talk a little bit about uh, accelerating digital transformation and related to, you know, the times we're working and living in, it really goes beyond just uh, remote work, but how do we think about development and deployment of digital business models, whether that's virtual customer interactions, touchless transactions to adjust, you know, to address changing customer and safety needs are just some of those uh, examples. Um, but so, yeah, we, we really had been down the path and what these months have done is just really, really accelerated it. Melissa, thank you for that. I had one just kind of sort of follow up and maybe slightly different question. Um, you, you mentioned leadership uh, a minute or two ago, Melissa, and then uh, in inclusion and diversity. And I'd like to focus mm -hmm. on that a little bit more specifically. Um, just as we're going through six, eight, 10, 12, 18 months of, of, of change and uncertainty and, and adapting to, to new conditions and transformation, et cetera, how do you sort of keep your leaders or help coach your leaders and, and really everyone in the organization to continue to focus on maybe important topics like inclusion and diversity that you may have been working on prior to all this and, and still remain important or perhaps are even more important and help sort of connect people to those, um, those objectives? Yeah, no, great question. Thank you, Steve. You know, it, it's really a focus on, a continued focus on that human-centered leadership. And that's what this has certainly also given rise to. And if we think about our already uh, strategies around inclusion and diversity and how we're creating a sense of belonging for all of our employees, not just those with the ability, in this case of COVID, COVID to work remote or hybrid, so we've seen a lot of uh, organizations already, you know, make bold commitments to whether it's work from anywhere for their employees. And while this is a part of our next normal plans at Bear, we also recognize that our business and the needs of our customers around the globe in pharmaceuticals, consumer health and crop science division requires us to take a real holistic view of our talent. And then so for leaders, that means that human-centered leadership 
now and post-pandemic, um, actually, you know, I often view that there, there are now, we're living in two pandemics, really, <laughs> when we think about um, the racial injustice. And, and so this requires leaders and employee, employers to be that more social enterprise as well. And so, for example, while we have some employees that, you know, may be excited to work from anywhere or a hybrid approach, there are certainly other employees who want, you know, who do want to return to their pre-COVID work arrangements. And so we are working with our leaders in order to enable them um, to have the varying skills that it requires in leading um, a distributed workforce. And a large part of that does mean, as I talked about earlier, getting to that individualized listening, personalization, still an understanding what are the differing needs. Um, and that takes listening and trust and a sense of belonging. We already had a focus on inclusion and diversity. Um, inclusion is more of those leader behaviors or just human behaviors that um, go that extra step to understand, listen, what are the unique skills uh, of an individual? Those are acts of inclusion. And then the focus on diversity, which of course is more about the representation and mm -hmm. what do we need to do to advance um, a, an equitable and, and uh, better balance from a diversity standpoint. So for us, it's a both and strategy. Right. And we lead from a place of inclusion first because we think the behaviors will drive the right um, accountability and outcomes that we need on the d diversity side. Yeah, Melissa, thank you uh, very much for that. Uh, I wanna do a quick pause. Uh, Trish, we must thank our sponsors uh, of the HR Happy Hour Show who've been with us uh, all year. Absolutely. Uh, I will start by thanking our friends at WorkHuman. This episode of the HR Happy Hour Show is made possible by WorkHuman, who have now introduced Mood Tracker, a free, modern voice of the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. Learn more at workhuman.com slash moodtracker. And free. They didn't, they didn't put this in the read, Trish, but it's free. Free to your organization, free forever. They're committed to that. And uh, it, it's worthwhile to check out your product if you are concerned about the kind of the, the state of your workforce right now and, and, and really want to do more formalized check-ins and see how everybody's doing throughout these rough times. So please do check it out at workhuman.com slash mood tracker. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that it's free and also we use it. So we mm. wouldn't put anything on here that we wouldn't personally, um, you know, recommend. Um, and we do use mood trackers. So I think it's very helpful and people should definitely check that out. Um, also, we are sponsored by our friends at Paychex, and hopefully everyone is familiar with Paychex, but they are one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes, and especially in this time where things are, are rapidly changing, I want to tell you about something exciting they've actually just launched. It is their fourth annual 2020 Paychex Pulse of HR survey. Um, this survey is giving an in-depth look at how HR professionals are contributing to the success of the companies they're serving, with nearly 9 in 10 saying they have a voice in the overall company strategy, which I think that's really good. That's probably up from, you know, a decade ago where we were feeling maybe like we weren't heard. So very uh, promising results there. But I encourage everyone to go to paychecks.com slash pulse2020 
today and download your copy of the, um, the Paychex Pulse of HR survey report and just learn about how you know, your peers and other people who touch the HR function uh, within the organizations are really handling this time, right? We're, we're talking even today about a lot of different approaches to handling things in a pandemic. And um, this report will certainly help shed some light on that for you. So hope everyone can check that out as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to check that out too. I haven't read that report yet, but I'm going to check that out today. Awesome. Um, hey, Melissa, uh, thank you for uh, sitting uh, patiently while we got through that. Uh, we had a couple things we wanted to hit on, but I think I want to hit on something we actually chatted about briefly in the pre-show, um, if you don't mind, which is around sustainability. Uh, we were, I shared a little kind of story where I have a friend who works for a really, really large uh, global company, probably similar to, to in size to Bear, maybe even bigger. And they were telling me how they, had, they were spending hundreds of millions of dollars prior to the pandemic just on internal meetings, flying yeah. people all over the world, hotel stays, expenses, catering, whatever, right? You name it, right? For these internal meetings. And of course, almost all of that is stopped due, due to pandemic. And the real question is how and where and, and how we work and where and how we travel and, and all of that. Like, what are you guys thinking about, at least from your perspective, uh, Melissa, about uh, will some of that come back? Will it not? Will it change? Do we need to think a little bit more about kind of some of the sustainability, sustainability issues when it comes to how we're conducting our business? Yeah, no, great question. Thanks, Steve. You know, up until March, I too was one of those people, uh, you know, every, every month um, spending a lot of time on planes and, and mm. hotels, right? So as we think about this tie to sustainability, you know, I think this just really, really fast tracks the, the work of sustainability in that how, when, and where we work and travel significantly contributes to building a more sustainable business to have those better outcomes for our people, customers, and really the planet. So while some of those ways of working and traveling, you know, will occur again to varying degrees, I also recognize is that many of those types of uh, meetings can successfully be conducted virtually. And by uh, doing so, we, of course, save that time, energy, and of course, costs, but we also support really ambitious sustainability goals. Uh, so, it, you know, as we think about and explore travel in the future, we're looking at when we travel, uh, so reducing the amount, especially for internal meetings, which we're already, you know, conducting and doing that, and the how we travel. So selecting more sustainable options uh, when we do go back to some in-person or where it will be required. In addition to travel, uh, teams are exploring modernization of Bear's mobility approach mm -hmm. to company and to employee cars and allowances. So we're looking at some of those ways to uh, give more flexibility to employees, but also reduce costs and contribute to um, CO2 targets. So we're, we're looking at all of these different options. Um, I also want to go back and connect something that I think is really exciting and a prior question you asked about inclusion mm -hmm. and diversity in that we're also working towards um, moving inclusion and diversity metrics and making that link to sustainability. You know, as we know, and, and we're Bear is a company that is assigned a corporation committed to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and in that focus on ESG, 
a number of those directly linked towards inclusion, such as equity and reduce inequities or you know, gender parity, et cetera. So we're excited to really move those two worlds closer together. Thank you for, for sharing that vision because I, I'm sitting here nodding. Um, you know, it, unfortunately, it's a podcast and not a video, but um, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. One of the things I wonder, and I'm going to ask it in a way, hopefully, that, that is answerable. Um, I'll say, are you considering what replaces the feeling that we all get when we do travel? for business. And the reason I ask that is because this is one that I'm struggling with. And I think Steve probably thinks about it as well. Like when you're in a role, like we both are, and it sounds like, you know, many of your employees are where you travel so much mm-hmm. and you have no choice, obviously, but to not do that right now. And, and probably that, like you mentioned, that's going to change in the future for many, many companies um, to reduce that even when it is possible. But the one thing I'm struggling with is I miss that really deep feeling of personal connection to be able to, to actually shake someone's hand, to hug them, to look in their eyes as they're smiling at me. Right. And so we get that a little bit on a zoom call or on any kind of a video call, but I don't know. Are you, are you considering like, what, what is the thing that replaces that feeling of connection? Yeah, that's a great question, Trish. And, um, you know, I'm reminded by that question of a a Zoom meeting with external heads of HR I participated with where someone said, you know, let's uh, Zoom often, but not always. (laughs) So we're we're dealing with this sense of wellness and well-being in a much more amplified way. Um, to your question around what replaces the, you know, that human engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we also have to balance, you know, that we're not over exhausting people um, by this new and different way of working as well. And, you know, I don't think there's a one perfect answer for that because I do think right. this next normal will be um, a hybrid or a mixed way of doing business at the end of the day. Um, we will, and, and that also gives rise to this notion of um, making sure we don't create unintended biases by this remote or distributed way of working, right? So some people are on Zoom or MS Teams, some people are in an office, some people are working from anywhere, wherever they are. And so how do you still have this Um, create this sense of of balance, I think it's going to take effort. Um, And that's another thing going back to the leadership question. Leaders are going to have to lead this in much more um, different ways. And I think the center that does give an answer means that we've just got to focus on that human experience and pay attention to each other, uh, whether it's virtual or all the other ways, just a little bit more deeply. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. I think number one, there is no answer yet, which is why I'm sort of posing it to you as one of our innovation leaders in our industry, <laughs> right? Someone who has time and, and gets well, you know, paid to think about these things, right? It's a, it's a super <laughs> timely question though, Trish, because uh, again, as we record this, it happens to be the day after the very well-reported Zoom outage right. that happened for a lot, a lot of US and UK. And 
and I re and I remember just yesterday. So it was like, oh my God, yeah, there's no more Zoom today. We're all free for the day. It's like a virtual snow day, and everybody yeah. it, there was a yeah. lot of kind of rejoicing. And, and while that was a little bit tongue in cheek, I do think there's like like most kind of uh, jokes or, or memes. There's a, a tiny bit of truth to it, as, as Melissa was talking to. Is we do need to certainly be careful. We're not overwhelming folks with. Uh, too much of this new way of working necessarily right like i love that comment what was it, was it zoom often but not always i love yeah. that. <laughs> i think too though steve the one thing i guess what i'm getting at i'm missing is just seeing someone seeing their face isn't that's not it for me it's so i was talking with someone else earlier in the week and you know for a lot of us who do presentations for example we can go do them online and we are we're that's what we're doing we're recording things and we're doing live webinars or whatever but what I miss is that, that energy, the feeling I get being on stage from the audience, from having live people around me, or when I go to a meeting, now I'm a hugger and I don't mean inappropriate touching or inappropriate hugging, but you know, when you're, when you're leaving a meeting and someone just, I don't know, puts, puts their hand on your shoulder, like that, you know, that you're okay with. And it's that exchange of energy. And I guess I think nothing's been created yet, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I hope that something replaces that or tries to emulate kind of that feeling that you get when you're around people, because even I've, I've stayed fairly quarantined, but when I've even seen friends, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to hug them to pieces. It's like more than normal, you know? So I just feel like, yes, I don't necessarily want to zoom more. Um, no one wants to zoom more. Church. No one wants to zoom more. I get it. But, but Again, I'm I'm thinking way ahead. This yeah. is maybe, you know. Well, maybe that's a good ahead, setup for kind of maybe the last one I had for me anyway for our okay. guest uh, today, which is Melissa, like we've talked about a lot of really interesting ideas and how you guys are thinking about things at Bear and how you're approaching kind of keeping people connected and productive and safe and kind of driving the uh, the business forward. How do you see kind of what you'll be thinking about and working on if you can, as, as, as difficult as it is to predict the future? maybe the balance of 2020 and into 2021 is kind of the, the HR innovation hat you're wearing. Where do you think it might be moving in the next six, 12 months? Yeah, I think, um, you know, lots of things when we consider that, our, you know, the corporate culture will forever be changed. So we'll need to be much more intentional on um, how we take care of that culture that we need now and for the future I think another aspect will be talent. Um, talent will be delinked from a place. So, you know, this is really going to turn, you know, mobility and relocation on its head, right? So we're thinking more about how do we also think about moving work to where the skills are, where the talent or the people are. So we'll have to think about that. We'll also have to, you know, think about um, social, environmental, and safety issues. Those elements will forever change as we embark into this, you know, more need for to address the societies that we're doing business in, our local communities. And to that piece about local, I think another aspect we're certainly seeing and will continue to um, stretch into the future is this um, globalization and you know i think things will go more regional and more local we we certainly learned that that's how a lot of our decisions in the essence of speed have been happening yeah. so i think you know if i were to just kind of sum up four key points on the things that we're working as we plan ahead 
for next normal, for mm -hmm. innovation. You know, it's that focus on the holistic human experience. Trish, you, you talked about that in that last question that, you know, we still have to really help each other define that, that human piece that's missing in this virtual way of working. So focus on that human, uh, holistic human experience. The second would be foster a shared sense of belonging. That is inclusion. And, you know, that's how do we help each other with not feeling isolated and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the third would be empower faster and more localized decision-making. And mm -hmm. then that last would be just the new ways of working can thrive. Um, you know, I think about culture in a sense of that will be the differentiator from organizations that not just survive this, but really thrive. So that would be uh, my areas of focus. Melissa, that was a fantastic summary of a lot of the things we've talked about over the last 40 minutes or so, and just a great uh, calling card or a great go forward plan or an action plan or just some uh, just some inspiration, right, for folks who are listening to the show, uh, the HR leaders and HR uh, uh, folks who listen to the show. So uh, this has been one of my favorite shows of the year. I ha I'm not I'm not even I don't say that often. I actually I haven't said it in, in months. So uh, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us today. Thank you, Steve and Trish. Continue to be well. Oh, you too. So that's Melissa Harper, Senior Vice President of HR Innovation at Bayer. The website is bayer.com, B-A-Y-E-R.com. It's a really cool website. Um, really excellent information. Lots of good career pages. Really cool too. I was checking that out today. Also, 3 million people follow Bayer on LinkedIn on their company page, Trish. That's, that's only about 2.7 million more than us. So that's great. <laughs> no, you know what? I think it's it's been a really eye-opening um, show for me just, again, to learn about just all the, the size and scope that Bear covers, um, how much of a customer I am actually uh, on, on many products. And that's, that's kind of unfortunate that we don't really look at the products and things that we're using every day to solve. I'm going to look around the house today, Trish. I did not do that exercise, but I will today. I will look around. I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I was out in the garage earlier today and, um, you know, I use Roundup. It's like, I, you know, oh, I've, got that that's, oh, I've got that. I know I have that. Right. See, right, it's like, you don't even know. Or like <laughs> yeah. I said, it was like, we relax. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nice. It's like all these different things. And, um, yeah, so it's it's been interesting. Um, thank you, Melissa. All these all these ideas you're giving again. I think I hope that they they spark other HR professionals to to begin thinking about ways to innovate. Uh, one of the last things that you said, I, I made a big note of it. I'm a big Post-it note girl, and I put D-link talent from a place. I love that. That's going on my laptop. I'm gonna look at that every day because I'm. I think when you start thinking and listening to people who truly are innovating. Um, if you just take those little tiny nuggets of inspiration and just think about that. Um, I always found that helpful when I was an HR leader of, of just those daily reminders. So hopefully as people have listened to this or re-listened to it, um, jot down a few of those tips and just kind of bring them to your teams. It's the easy way to, to train your team. I was always looking for ways to um, train my team for free. And so mm -hmm. I think this is the perfect kind of episode Absolutely. for that as well, just to get people thinking in human resource teams a little bit different, maybe. Yeah, great stuff. Because um, you're right. I, th I think we've done so for so long, we've been in a place and, and now that's gone. So um, I think the other thing to your last point about, about thriving, not surviving. So many companies, we, we talk to them every day, uh, are surviving right now. Yeah. So 
I like the forward thinking about thriving and, and that that's possible, even in a time of pandemic. You know, some of the, unfortunately, some of the best innovations come out of troubled times. So it's, it's being able to capture those and, and really capitalize on that. And I like how you wove personalization through everything that you all are doing to approach that and, and the people's well-being. So kudos to you. I can't wait to hear. We need to do a follow-up in a few months, maybe, maybe in person. We'll come, <laughs> we'll we come see when it's safe. But yeah, um, awesome. but yeah it'd, it'd be interesting to follow up truly in right. six months or a year and just see how, how are things playing out, some of the things that you all are putting in place. So I appreciate your time. Look yeah, forward. thank you so much. Okay, Trish, good stuff. Uh, we will uh, also must thank Work Human and Paychecks one last time for all their That's support right. and check those guys out. And uh, Trish, thank you. Uh, good show today. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Find us at hrhappyhour.net. Tweet at us at hrhappyhour. My name is Steve Bowes for Trish McFarland for our guest, Melissa Harper. This has been the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time and bye for now. <laughs>